Well, hello again there, internets. It is the Mike and Molson Too Good for Radio podcast. And join, where are you at this time? We've been all over the place. We're all over the country now with this podcast. Uh, today, I am in a tiny house in Hayes County, Texas, at our Hayes County, Texas studio. Um, we have a satellite studio, as, as you know, Mike. Yeah. Um, but uh, I rented an Airbnb, uh, which and lo- it was one of those things that looked awesome on the uh, on the pictures and everything. I was like, oh, kind of cool. I've been hearing about this tiny house movement. Um, and, dude, I am I am in the middle of nowhere, and it's kind of freaking me out. Did they just put a tiny house in the middle of a field? It's kind of what it, it kind of is what's going on here. Ooh. Okay, I've been watching. I, I got here two days ago, and there is an anthill uh, right outside the front door. Oh no! That has multiplied four hundred percent since I've gotten here. It's it's. Are they it's, Texas it's, red ants? They're gonna sting I, I'm you. I'm sure they are. I'm sure they are. <laughs> so if we don't hear from you next week, we need to send people to the satellite studio in Hayes, Texas, right. and you may have you may have had death by ants. Have you ever seen those pictures of those ant hills in Africa that look like yeah. they're smokestacks? Yeah. You know, they, they look like the, the the power plant there on Lake Springfield. Mm-hmm. Uh, that That's what this is starting to look like. Is the is the anthill now becoming bigger than the actual house you're in? Yes. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Oh, yes. It God. Its, it has its own listing on Airbnb now. Can, <laughs> can the, um, And the turnover in that place, just in and out all day yeah. long. It's kind of ridiculous. Strangely more expensive than the place I'm staying in. So I don't know what they yeah. got going on in there. They they may have some really good grub in there at the uh, Ant Hill at the uh, down in Hayes, Texas. Speaking yeah. of food, I haven't seen my car for a day. That's the one I'm worried about. Are they, are you renting your car out to the ants? I just I heard the I heard the engine start and they drove away. <laughs> ant delivery, so Got to get the supplies. Got to go do the laundry for the uh, Ant Airbnb going on over there. Uh, we do have breaking news to start this particular episode of the podcast, yeah. though. Having to do release. Oscar Meyer. Yeah, a press release was just uh, posted from uh, from the Oscar Meyer company that they are dropping the wiener. Wait a second. You can't just lop off the wiener like of everything? Like there's no longer Oscar Meyer wieners? What are they doing with the wiener mobile? Specifically, the wiener mobile is getting a new name change. To what? All right. I'm going to read you the press release as written. From right. the uh, marketing department, uh, from Bethany Stakoski and Kate Mitchell of the uh, Kraft Heinz marketing department. Uh, today, Oscar Meyer ushers in a new era for its beloved Wienermobile, changing the vehicle's name for the first time since it hit the road in 1936. Yeah. Yeah. There's a reason the Wiener's been around a long time. Yeah. What, what else? I mean, you see it going, I was like, oh, there's the Wienermobile for almost 100 uh- years. You get your wiener whistle, you blow your wiener whistle, you're good to go. That is that is getting a name change as well. Oh, God. All right. Keep going. I don't want to be that podcast, but keep going. All of a sudden, we turn into Clay and Buck for a second. <laughs> no. See, that's so shitty, it is on the radio. <laughs> yes, that's true. That's true. We are too good for that. We have real outrage about wieners, not, not outrage about people with wieners doing other things. See, that's the difference. You know, yes. We're not on the radio, but Clay and Buck is. Yes. Shitty Uh, enough for radio. So they're changing the vehicle's name for the first time since 1936. The newly coined Frank Mobile. No. Yeah. Pays homage to the brand's 100% beef franks as it debuts a tasty new recipe with a more balanced flavor profile and iconic beefy taste. (laughs) And she'll like it, too. (laughs) That's right. 
<laughs> Should have gone to the beef mobile instead of the Frank mobile. All while sparking smiles of smiles and uniting fans around the love of meat. <laughs> Debuting this week, the fleet of six vehicles feature wonderful new elements. Ugh. Uh, including saucy exterior decals. <laughs> saucy decals. <laughs> decals. De- pardon me. Excuse me. Decals. Uh, you, they will now be handing out Frank whistles, formerly wiener whistles. Well, okay. Could you stop for just a moment? Yeah. What's, what sounds more sexual overtone? Blowing a wiener whistle or blowing a Frank whistle? Mm, I got my Frank whistle in my mouth. Gonna give my old Frank whistle a blow. Is Big Hurt? Is Big Hurt? I didn't get a Frank whistle to blow. Is Big Hurt behind this with all his she'll like it too? It's Frank Big Hurt Thomas. You got a Frank whistle in your mouth? She'll like it too. And a newly renamed class of hot doggers behind the wheel, now known as Frankfurters, which I don't understand what the, uh, the uh, there's not really a pun there. They're just, they're just being <laughs> called Frankfurters. Do you, do you furter a car? I've never furtered a car before. I mean, you could drive a wiener, but not furter a car. Frank Mobile is offering Franks for Franks. So anyone named an iteration of Frank can stop by and get a coupon for a free pack of delicious Oscar Mayer 100% beef Franks. Iterations of Frank. So Frank and Franklin. What other is Fra- one? Uh, Francis, I would oh, imagine, okay. would, uh, would count. Okay. I'm just wondering on that. Um, the Wienermobile is a beloved American icon that is sparking smiles and driving creativity for our iconic delicious wieners for nearly 100 years, said Stephanie Vance, associate brand manager. This summer, it's time to highlight another fan f- favorite, our delicious 100% beef Franks. Uh, when Oscar Mayer makes anything, we prioritize taste over everything. So no matter what kind of hot dog you enjoy this summer, uh, it'll make you smile. The new Frank Mobile comes as they bring together a new um, Keep It Oscar to delicious new heights. From Frank-themed whistles to comical Please Don't Lick decals. <laughs> so that's why they're doing it. Because they, you can't put a Please Don't Lick decal on the Wienermobile. Yeah. Please Don't Ride the Frankfurter. <laughs> Please don't lick Frank. Yeah, don't climb on top of the wiener. Don't jump on. Don't jump in the cockpit of the Frank. And then it goes on to a bunch of uh, you know corporate bloody blah blah blah. Two uh, twenty the uh, two thousand twenty two uh, net sales of approximately twenty six billion dollars of wieners. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. Global citizens were dedicating many sustainable ethical product while helping feed the world in a healthy, responsible way. Watch for the Frank Mobile. Uh, and oh look, the, actually the picture they're using on the – I just noticed this. The picture they're using on the um, press release is is in Springfield. Oh. If I'm, I, I'm pretty sure that's Springfield. Oh, there we go. That's our first time you're seeing the Frank Mobile. Come Stupids. on. Stupids. It is stupid. It's the Wiener Mobile. It's, it's going yeah. to be like the Willis Tower, right? Yes. You're gonna, thank you. That's exactly it. You're going to see it and you're going to go, I ain't calling it Frank. That's no. the Wiener Mobile. That's the Wiener Mobile. And when they and you, can't, and you can't get excited, it's like the Frank Mobile. That doesn't make any sense. You can't get excited about that. I, I tell you what, the Frank Mobile is in this parking lot at the radio station, actually on the radio with Frank McNeil every night. <laughs> we see right. the Frank Mobile driving in. Uh, that sh- that is sure as hell not the Frank Mobile, ladies and gentlemen. Tonight from six to seven on WMAY, let's all hop into Frank Mobile, <laughs> and we're going to talk about politics and Springfield and listen but, to some smooth Motown. But you better remember. Want- you got to remember the children. But you better watch out. You make me angry. I'm going to blow that Frank whistle. <laughs> <laughs> toot, toot. Toot, toot. There's a Frank whistle. 
Time to wrap up the show. <laughs> Oscar Meyer, you suck. Yes. Also, what sucks is pineapple God, on pizza. You are the clay and buck of hot dogs. You know that? I now am only going to eat ballpark Franks. Oh, damn it. I said Frank. I'm only yeah. going to eat Nathan's hot dogs. That's right. That's yeah, Hebrew national. Uh, yeah. <laughs> They're good enough for Joey Chestnut eat 80 of them in a minute and a half. They're good enough uh, for me. So disappointing. It is disappointing. Well, this survey is disappointing as well, because long on this show and this podcast, we have been anti-pineapple on pizza, but it seems like the times, they may be a-changing. Do tell. There is a new YouGov survey that asks the best and least favorite pizza toppings, all right? America's number one favorite pizza topping, I think we all know, is pepperoni. Pepperoni comes in 24%. Sausage, second at 13%. Then extra cheese at 11%. Mushrooms at 9%. And then chicken at 6%. Okay. Nowhere on there, one of my favorites, Canadian bacon. Does not even make it in there. Uh, Agreed. Now, the nation's least favorite pizza topping is anchovies at 29%. Let me just stop you there for just a second, because I think people who say they don't like anchovies on pizza have never had anchovies on pizza. I think it's just the thought of a giant, giant, a a small fish on your pizza, I think, turns people off. It is, yeah. I mean, it is. It, it, and, it, and it looks weird. It's black and all squiggly and, and, and gross. Uh, but I, I just wonder, you know, people just, when you say anchovies on pizza, we have that immediate, it's like, uh, have, have liver and onions. We just have that reaction, even though you've never had it. True. I think if you were to dice up anchovy and put it on someone's pizza, they probably wouldn't complain. But if you put I it, at, right. but if you put it as, the, as you know, the full anchovy, it freaks people out. So anchovy is the least favorite, twenty nine percent. Then jalapenos at eight percent, which I enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, pineapple six percent, eggplant six percent, broccoli five percent, and mushrooms also at five percent. Even though mushrooms nine percent people enjoy. So so getting back to the pineapple conundrum, twenty two percent of Americans love pineapple on their pizza. Another 37% like it. So that's 59% of Americans now either love or like pineapple on pizza. What is the world coming to? Wow, that's that's really, I, th- those, I did not expect those numbers. I didn't either because, like I said, it ranks you know in the top five of least favorites. But when asked individually of people on this survey of where to rank, whether you love it, like it, dislike it, or hate it, more said they either love it or like it than dislike or hate it, where 18% dislike it and 19% hate it. And when they say Americans, are they talking Guam? I think, yes. I think it's just Hawaii, where the Hawaiian <laughs> Pete, that's all they asked was just Hawaii, and then Guam. You're right. Yeah. I think, I think, I think you're onto something there. I think this, this survey may be skewed because pineapple is just gross on pizza it, who That's wants a surprising warm, number yeah who wants warm pineapple uh, they also said that most Americans are eating their crust 79 percent though about one in five say they don't eat the edge of the pizza with no sauce uh, when it comes to crust style uh, the largest share of Americans prefer thin crust at 39 percent while 30 percent say they prefer a thick crust fewer 16 percent prefer a stuffed crust pizza and 14 percent say they have don't have a preference who are those people they don't have right. a preference of um, a pizza I, you crust. Know, I'm, I'm not, I don't have a huge preference. Nah. I just enjoy, I just like pizza. You know, it's like, I'm not, uh, yeah, the, the I mean, I, the, the, the weird 
uh, uh, saltine crackers they use in St. Louis. <laughs> yeah, no one stupid. wants that. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. it. That, 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 that whole pizza's goof from the I'd get-go. I expect Clay and Buck to eat that. <laughs> well, that's what they emanate from. <laughs> I'm, pretty, I'm pretty sure Clay started in, in St. Louis. Yeah. So I can see why they would love shitty pizza. Like em- like emos. Anyone using provolone and a saltine? That's 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 a crappy appetizer. That's not even yeah. a good pizza. So get the and hell I out of there with that. It, it 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 does demonstrate that the stalwarts, the traditional ones, are still in the lead, and I think that's good. I just I can't. Yeah, you know, pineapple is hard to get on board with. Yeah, I, I have no use for the the pineapple on pizza because we've talked about it before. No one wants warm fruit unless it's an right. apple pie or a cherry pie, maybe. But even then, you have to add add ice cream and make it a la mode because it's just not, you're not just eating an apple pie. Moving on, we have some uh, a litany of dumb criminals to get to. We haven't uh, done any of these in a while. We will start with a couple of people in South Carolina who were recently nabbed for trafficking more than 1,500 grams of cocaine. Uh, deputies first pulled over Anthony Miller and Shemeca Mitchum during a <laughs> proactive patrol under State 85. Police said red flags were raised when the officers asked about the apparent pregnant woman's due date and the two suspects provided conflicting information. <laughs> Deputies said that they grew more suspicious. Uh, the woman realized the officers weren't buying their story and immediately took off from the car. So the officer's like, oh, you know, kind of what's going on here? Two conflicting due dates and everything else. The drug she was hiding inside her fake rubber stomach fell out when she sprinted away. Wow. So as she makes a beeline for it, her cocaine babies start falling out. <laughs> The sheriff's office estimated the couple was hiding more than 1,500 grams of cocaine during the traffic stop. Both Miller and Mitchum were arrested and are facing cocaine trafficking charges for putting a bunch of cocaine in the fake pregnancy baby, uh, belly, I should say. And from there, we take you to Colorado, where a local police chief, Clay Clipful. <laughs> a, very, a very uh, er, uh, er, uh, ardent lover of Clay and Buck, I think. Yes. Uh, Clay Clipful conducted a traffic stop on someone who was going 52 and a 30 at about 11:30 at night, and uh, the guy was the guy was weaving, so he was obviously drunk. And as the officer approached the car, the driver attempted to switch places with his dog, which was in the passenger seat. Um, Is that a better alibi? The suspect, who had clear signs of intoxication, right? Asafer. I, I, I didn't, but this is my dog's car. <laughs> right Talk to him about this. Like I just in my mind, it's like I get it that you're trying to get out of doing something incredibly stupid, but doing something even more incredibly stupid is not the way to get out of that. Uh, when Clay Clipful, Officer Clay Clipful, asked the driver, um, well now the passenger, he looked past the. Don't talk to me. Talk to, to the dog. That guy is there, but is there. Um, he said, have you been drinking, sir? The man stumbled out of the car and tried to run away. He made it about 20 yards when he was uh, apprehended. Meanwhile, in the back seat of the car are two perfectly sober people, one of whom was the owner of the car. What in the hell is going on there? Um, the driver was later found to have two active warrants. 
he was medically cleared at a hospital and booked into the county jail on warrants and suspicion of driving under the influence and letting his dog drive the car. Probably should have been. I should have just added that on there just for the just oh, for the big time. You know, yeah, like you you were impaired. You're driving under suspension. You have a warrants out. And by the way, you let your stupid dog drive the car, idiot. Yeah, that that I just. It's hard to believe two sober people are in the back seat that think this is a good idea. Like, right. <laughs> watch this guy try to drive. This is going to be great. Yeah, and <laughs> let the dog sit up front with him. That'll be even better. Hey, just, hey, hey, just, hey, just, hey, hey, just, hey, sit over here. I'll switch places with with you, and you say, you, you've you been driving. You got, you've been driving. <laughs> I tell you what, I tell you, I'll, I'll cook you a steak. You good boy? You good boy, right? Just, take the rap. Take the rap for daddy here. Take the just, rap for him. Just be cool. Just be cool, man. Just be cool. Somebody who wasn't cool, you have the uh, the guy who threatened cops. Of course, this comes from Florida with lunch meat as yeah, a weapon. He was, he was at some place of business harassing people, and the uh, the owner called and said, hey, I want this guy cited for trespass. I don't want him around here anymore. Um, and there's a video where the officer um, approaches him and the guy starts yelling and uh, becomes violent because he starts yelling at the guy and he says the following, quote, come on, you think I can't do it? I got a black belt in karate and a black belt in judo. You're going to be in a world of hurt, Uh. said the officer, at which point he somehow produced lunch meat (laughs) and threw it at the officer in the chest. (laughs) <laughs> Just out of nowhere? I got a black belt karate and judo, and I got these ham chucks. You better watch and, out. You know, and I know there's been a lot of talk of, uh, you know, officers being a little too quick to the trigger, maybe a little too violent when they shouldn't have. But I think, I think you know, if there is a uh, a big pile of baloney coming at you, I think you draw your service weapon and shoot the guy. Easily, yes. Yeah. You have to. No one wants to be assaulted by baloney, right. <laughs> even if it has a first name. Here, take some of this. And then you just you shoot him. Right. Yeah. You know what? You really shoot him if it's the one with the, what is it, the, the olives or whatever the hell that is in the bologna? The pimento loaf. Yeah, yeah. If it's a pimento loaf, that's immediately take him out. I'm sorry, Your Honor. I thought my life was in jeopardy, and so I shot the man. Because who buys pimento bologna? I almost got hit in the face with uh, with some pastrami. That happens. And, and so I shot the guy. Yeah, I did. All the <laughs> All of a sudden, there was a Chipotle lace chicken uh, slice coming at me, and I thought I got to take him out. The smoke, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's peppered turkey, and that's uh, that's dangerous. And so I shot the guy. Could have got in my eye. Could have made. Could have. I could have blinded me with that. Uh, I know inflation is a thing. A lot of other shows talk about. We tend not to because you know everybody's dealing with it. But there's certain things in life. No matter the price, I think you need to pay for pay for the good stuff. And toilet paper would be one of them. But not to Robin Greenfield. He's an environmental activist who has traded toilet paper for leaves. He uh, oh. he first began his journey to quit toilet paper in 2013. Before he got to the leaves, he was using leftover napkins and tissues instead. Leftover. Uh, yeah. So he would. He, he, he would. He would. I, I need some more. Uh, I need some more explanation on that. What happened is he would go out to eat and grab a bunch of extra napkins, and then from fast food places. And then when he'd have the the call of nature would come, he'd use those to wipe. Which okay. they're not even useful to wipe your mouth afterwards, let alone your your sensitive areas. It was only until five years ago 
that old Robin Greenfield realized that the leaf of a blur blur pardon me of a blue spur flower was an even better substitute due to its size and shape. So he started using it as his permanent solution. Oh man! Here's his quote. Consumption of toilet paper fuels deforestation and massive usage of fossil fuels and transportation. So the method to grow our own at home and find alternatives to consumerism has never been more relevant. He says the blue spur flower can be grown in your own backyard, which means that you theoretically could have toilet paper to last you for your entire life. I will give up the printer in my office in favor of always having toilet paper. I'm, you know, I can. There's, there's things I can get my bills electronically. There's, there's a, plenty of things I can do to save paper before I feel like I need to use leaves for toilet paper. And by the way, could we find a more comfortable sounding flower for that than the blue spur flower? <laughs> because there's nothing I want more near that area than something with spur in it. Right. Right. Uh, by the way, he does say that the plant can't tolerate super cold weather, but it could be grown in a pot indoors and brought inside when it's freezing out. Cuma, just for a second, go to this guy's house. And sitting next to the toilet is not a toilet paper dispenser, but a potted plant. And he's like, go right. ahead, have at. Enjoy. Only one leaf. He says the activist said that the plant has a naturally minty scent and described its leaves as, quote, super soft and strong. And refreshing. Yes, a minty refreshing in, in that area with the blue spur flower. You're right. There's so many other more things I would give up before Can giving up. Can you flush it down the toilet? That's the other question. I don't know. It seems like you're asking for something to be clogged. <sighs> yeah, yeah. Because then, does he use a toilet or is he is he that environmental? Does he just go out and oh, do a, just you a know pile? What? He may have his own composting his own pile. Yeah, he may have his own composting pile. Because he doesn't want to waste the water with the toilet. Because that's a great question. Even if you were to go all in on blue spur flour to wipe your butt, uh, can you flush that down the toilet? And if not, where are you putting that? In a compost bag next to the toilet and then taking that outside? I don't want anything to do with this guy. You know what? Call up Robin Greenfield and switch places with him right now, Johnny. He can live in your small little tiny home and him and the ants can have a fun party. Right. Those idiots. It is Mike Molson, Too Good for Radio podcast. Uh, before we wrap things up, a couple more stories here. We got one comes to us from the wonderful world of Reddit, and this has quite the M. Night, M. Night Shyamalan twist. Do tell. All right, here we go. So it's a situation where this woman says, I gave birth to my daughter two months ago, and despite my husband telling me he knows I never cheat on him, I wanted to give our daughter a paternity test. And the main reason is because... The baby has green eyes. My husband and I don't have green eyes. My parents don't either, and neither do my in-laws. No one in my family has them. My husband says probably some weird genetic thing, but I wanted the test for peace of mind. He kept refusing because he trusts me, but his mother kept commenting on the baby's eyes, as do the rest of the family, who keep making comments about me possibly cheating. Oh, no. So so she's like, all right, I really want to do this. The, kid, the, the dad's like, no, you don't need to do this. You don't need to do this. But the rest of his family, including his mother, keep making jokes like, oh, I may be the milkman or the male kid because had green eyes. I don't know. I think the, the wife was cheating. All right, Murray Povich. What yeah. we got here? Uh, so... Uh, much to her delight, her husband eventually agreed to do the paternity test, and to expect the results came back saying he was the father of their daughter. But after reading the results in more detail, she realized something was very wrong. She says, our daughter is his, 
but my father-in-law isn't my husband's father. Oh, here we go. That's what you get. My in-laws have been married for decades, so the idea that my mother-in-law cheated on my father-in-law never crossed either of our minds. So this ma, this mother-in-law who kept saying, ah, I think you cheated, that's why they got the green eyes, she, it comes to find out after the paternity test, she was the one that cheated back in the day. My husband wants to confront his mother, but I'm telling him to wait. Yes, she's a liar and a hypocrite, but we need to think this through. I agree my father-in-law should know, but we're both tired from taking care of a newborn. We found out something shocking, and we're not thinking rationally. He wants to tell his father, and so do I, uh, but the fallout will be apocalyptic. I just wanted to give him peace of mind, and instead I started the end of his parents' marriage and possibly blew up his family. Good Lord. That's it, amazing. It, and and a nice twist at the end there. I'm glad it turned out that way. I, I am too. Uh, commenting on her post, one of you said, your mother-in-law was projecting so much, now her ass is uncovered. <laughs> and so, yes, I, I love that twist ending of, you should never do that. Like, things happen, right? You don't, genetics is something we still don't fully understand. And just because the kid has green eyes now, I've, you, there's been people who, as they grow older, their eyes kind of change hue, color a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and to to uh, intimate in during this you know time, this they just brought life in the world, that she may have cheated on your son, you deserve what you get there in that situation. Even when people do the opposite, you know, when a baby has a real strong family resemblance and they always say, hey, there's no denying that one's yours. It's like, what a crappy thing to say to somebody. <laughs> right. Because, right, even by saying that, you're you're intimating that someone may have cheated. And you're like, yeah. oh, thank God we can claim this one. God, I mean, it's just terrible. Yeah. People are truly awful. It is the Mike and Molson Too Good for Radio podcast like the Clam Buck Show. Uh, before before we wrap up, though, you have a story because I will be um, taking a jaunt over to Tokyo, Japan here very shortly. And Do we not have a satellite studio over there? We may, but I don't know okay. if my wife will allow me to use that while okay. on vacation. All right. So at least check in on it and make sure nobody stole the microphones. Yeah, I'll make I'll make sure that I'll make sure nothing else weird is going on over there, and I will report back uh, here in a couple of weeks. We still, but we'll, uh, we'll, you might. Yeah, when you go to Japan, though, you may find something a little unsettling in, and is that people may not be smiling at you because, according to this article, they've forgotten how. How like so? In, like in most of the world, uh, the COVID restrictions yes. have, have backed off. What's that? I said, yes, they, they have, they have uh, pulled back now that I don't have to wear a mask, per se, if I don't want to, in the actual Disney parks over there. So, yeah, that just happened a couple weeks ago, to be honest with you. And uh, and they're saying that people have forgotten how to smile and might need to rehearse. So I may, are, I may be seeing some weird smiles is what you're saying? Yeah, I, I, there is a, um, there's a center over there where people have been requesting individual smiling lessons uh, since the end of the year. With mask wearing having become the norm, people have had fewer opportunities to smile, and more and more people have developed a complex about it. Uh, and according to Keiko Kwano, a coach with the Smile Education Company, uh, moving and relaxing the facial muscles is key to making a good smile. Participants are given a hand mirror to check their progress and smiles with some adjusting of their facial expression until they're happy with the outcome of their smile. 
Um, and uh, according to one of the participants, smiles are essential for maskless communication. Uh, I want to apply what I learned today at volunteer activities and other gatherings. So if somebody walks up to you it just with this big, toothy Japanese grin, uh, it's like, what are you doing, buddy? It's like, I'm smiling. This is me smiling. <laughs> I, I just got to wonder, how do you judge when someone's smiling? Like, if they're doing a class, that means there has to be a grade given. How do you tell someone they have a C-plus smile? Well, I, yeah, I want to know this person's credentials. I mean, what? Well, how, yeah. well, how do you become a smile expert enough that you can teach it to other people? That's that's my other question. But thank you for the heads up that I may be seeing some goofy smiles over there. And it's, and it's not because they're making fun of me in every way. They're just trying to relearn how to smile. When you're on one of those high-speed trains, I think you just start judging people. You suck. You suck. Pretty good. You <laughs> suck. That was awesome. You suck. What was that guy? What, what, what was he? Where was he from again? The Smile Institute or whatever? Uh, yes, he's a he's a coach with the Smile Education Company in uh, Igataku, uh, Japan. Smile Education Company. Okay, yeah. the the SEC. So I'll make yes. sure to I'll make sure to get an SEC badge, and when I'm on a train, <laughs> I can then go about judging people's smile without any rebound. Hey, I'm just helping you out. Part of the SEC here. So a Smile yeah. Education Company. Don't don't uh, don't get me started. All right, just just keep practicing. Here's your hand mirror, and keep practicing. <laughs> Have fun. I want to know what it's like to forget how to smile. I mean, you go, oh, God, what did I just do? Why am I? Right. To, to throw yourself off in the mirror like, oh, my God, what is that? Why is the side of my mouth so close to my ears? What happened? Why am I feeling happy for once? Oh, my God. Hopefully, yeah, hopefully this podcast makes you feel that way. And if not, you're probably someone who eats pineapple on pizza. Safe travels, my friend. Enjoy that. Thank you. Yes. And we will still have another new episode. Well, uh, it's kind of new to you. We'll have a new episode still dropping next week, but it'll, it'll be taken from a time we're actually on the radio for a little bit here recently. So if you haven't heard it, it's explain. If you haven't heard, it's like that old NBC thing in the summer, right? If you haven't seen it, it's new to you. <laughs> so I'll be back. I, I hope to have some fantastic stories uh, about my travels for the next time we meet on the Mike Molson Too Good for Radio podcast.